What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Middle call! Hey, B. Hey, From the NFL Combine. Middlecoff is. Promo code ham. What do you think the reactions would be if I took off my clothes and snuck in with, like, tomorrow the wide receivers? Or it might be the linemen. And just the linemen, I think, are tomorrow. And just walked out with the guards and just, like, you know, Miller from Alabama. In tights. Between like, yeah, and like uh, Nadechi from Ohio State. I just made up two names. And then in the middle of Middlecoff, and I walk out, the responses of all the personnel people looking at this little bald, Checking their you charts. know, skinny fat guy walking out. <laughs> what position? Uh, center, college, uh, high school center. Did you, did you see Joe Burrow's tweet? I did see Joe Burrow's tweet about hand size. He should retire. Yeah. It was pretty good. But was good. in fairness, like, and everyone gave the nailed it, crushed it, great oh, tweet. Almost, you know, kind of underrated. I, I'm making fun of everyone. He was walking right by me, looked away. I was going to say I like the tweet, Joe. But I'm also going to make fun of the tweet. Like, it does matter. Joe, if, you're ho- if your hands are small, oh, I got this you're going to go to Cleveland. It is cold. Um, so, uh, doesn't Goff, doesn't Jared have small same, hands? Sam hand size, nine inches, yep. Um, so you're at the combine. You spoke with Albert Breer. We're gonna use the Albert Breer interview because you you talked 18 minutes and just checked every box. So we're gonna play Neat. half of the Albert Breer interview in this podcast, half in the next pod, and react to stuff that was said. Um, a lot of Niner stuff, a lot of Raider stuff, just NFL stuff, QB stuff. In the next podcast, by the way, Albert Breer gives you a sneaky quarterback name to watch specifically for the Raiders in the draft. So we'll get to that one in the next pod. Uh, but before we get to Albert Breer here, John, and, and react to it, you're at the Combine. Uh, you just brought um, our good friend Field Yates over to say hello to me, so thank you for that. It was very nice to see good Field. Good guy. Haven't you seen know. Field in a few years. Jawline, um, the hair, the yep. total pack, the, the dress code is usually on point. Always. Married he took, man. He took. Now he is. He took me out one night in Boston before he was a married man, and we had a good time. 
What were you doing many then? years calling ago? Calling a A's game? Calling uh, Yeah, calling an A's game. Yep. Had it's a good little out-of-town meetup, just meeting a random guy that you know. And right, I hit him up. He's like, yeah, swing by my place, and we're going to go to somebody's, go to a bar. So I swung by his place, and I think he's moved up in the world since, since that place. Well, they, yeah, they have a place. Right before we started press record, I was walking out. He was talking to Rap Sheet. Well, I had, I had talked to Rap Sheet this morning, and they were talking, and Rap Sheet brought up a good point. He's like, whenever you realize you're going to have kids, you think the moment she gets pregnant, you're like, we need more bedrooms. And you don't realize we're actually nine months away. And then for like the first six, the kid is t- typically in the room in a little whatever they use, bed, uh, the little crib. So it's like you're actually probably more 18 months away, but everyone's like, we got to move now. And he's like, "That's a, it's not true. And you can see Phil's face like, I don't even know if we're having kids. Uh, all not right, before, yet, but... before we get to Breer, though, you uh, just give us a combine sense here. You saw a bunch of guys talk. You interviewed for the Three and Out podcast um, a couple bald guys. Sean McDermott, Matt Nagy, talked to Howie, Coach Reed tomorrow, uh, brought Albert Breer back, but also just been keeping my ear to the, to the streets. Uh, not that much juicy shit. Besides, it's already out there. Like, all the juicy shit is out there. It's just like... What do you think Brady's going to do? That's a lot. Like everyone has that take. Like, where is Brady going to go? Now, there here, here is one good take that I've heard from a couple people. The CBA is eventually going to get done. That people think within the next, whether it happens before the league year or after league year, it's going to happen relatively soon. These agents know this is not the NBA where China backed out and their salary cap didn't rise. The the NFL for the last five or six years has rose steadily at about ten million a year. Now, obviously, the bigger the cap gets, that $10 million number percentage-wise is not quite as big. But with the influx of coming money, whatever they charged back in 2011 for the media rights or 10, they ain't charging that this time around, right? They're, they might double that. So these guys are going, well, if Mike, and we're going to get into some contract talk, if my guy is a $40 million guaranteed guy, and let's say use a round number, 15 a year. So he's a 15 a year, $40 million total guarantee. Well, if I know the cap potentially in two years or three years could be three hundred million, like it could go from two hundred million, it's not going to be like, you know, this year it's two eleven, next year it's two nineteen five. Like it could go from like two hundred guy to two twenty eight, and then all of a sudden you blink, you're like, damn, you're at two sixty. I'm talking in two thousand twenty two. Like if I'm Mahomes right now, I'm taking my time to sign this deal. Like let's just because what if what if a deal gets signed tomorrow? the CBA deal, or in the next week, and all of a sudden rumors start coming that $300 is in sight in three years. Like You're like, well, I'm worth more than 10%. If I'm a $30 million quarterback, isn't that number now 45? You know, you just – it's going to be really, really inflated. That's why basketball got so out of control. These guys making $50 million a year. Well, if the cap hasn't r- rose in a couple years, like you're in a little trouble. Like for the Warriors are a good example. They got four guys that cost $128 million. Well, if the cap had rose like normal – It'd be at, you know, in a good situation, it'd be at 150, you'd still have some wiggle room. That's what the NFL, as someone told me today, talking about Mark Davis and how, I was like, God, I said this, I rode the elevator yesterday with Mike Brown. And I was like, you know, sloppy looking, <laughs> you know, bald guy, but a little sloppy, old. And I asked someone that would know, like, what, what do the owners think about Mike? Like, actually, they really like him. 
They're like from the outside, smaller market or whatever, but they respect him. Like he, for whatever reason, like he gets along with them all. They value him. That's what the guy said. They value him. It's not like Dallas or whatever. You know, from a money standpoint, he's kind of irrelevant to them. But they like him. They're not looking to get rid of him. He's like the one owner, and they're gonna hate me when I say this. This guy said it. I did not, because I said, you know what? I really like Mark Davis. We always got along. He's like they would kick Mark Davis out in a New York minute if they could. In a New York minute. I'm like, even with Vegas? He said, in a New York minute. I mean, but isn't that part of the attraction of Mark? Because he's not like, if you're going to say, well, what's. But that's what, what I like thought about, about Mike Brown. It's like that he's guy. not like these other guys, right? Well, that's a problem if you're in that club. It is, but he's in I the said, club. So good luck. Well, I know. No, I know. Get rid of because me. I, I, well, they can't. I mean, unless they. Well, I think they can't. You know, we'll see. It's hard. But like the, the other guy that they want in the club, you know, Paul Allen died. Seattle, there's still some question how it's all going to work out. Guess the name. I think it's been written about, but who they want to buy that team. Bob Iger? Close. Uh, Seattle-based company. He, he delivers a lot of stuff to a lot of people oh, all around America. <laughs> I, see, I would, I'd be a little afraid with Bezos. Like, well, I they love like, using they like Bezos cash for in, what they I... Like ca- they like cash influx, guy. Yeah, no and shit, but John, boy. I mean, he's got way more cash than the rest of you. I'd be a little concerned that he's got too much more than the rest of us if I was them. Yeah, but you can't. It's not. I know. I would agree if this was the Yankees and stuff, but they they like having that. But it shows you that's who they want in the club. Like, I got the Browns right around me. Say what you want about Jimmy. Jimmy's got a lot of cash. Do we want the most powerful people or not? Yes, we do. You and I aren't ever getting into Augusta. But if Bezos is interested in Augusta, even if they're at a cap, they're like, yeah, we'll put you on the waiting list. And probably move you up fast. Skip you over, Haberman and Milkoff. I, I was telling you this, and I was thinking this. I was going to text a couple people in the league that would enjoy this comment, but I've only worked in football and radio, and radio is probably the worst dress group. And really, there's a small percentage of them making good cash. But if you go to like Radio Row Super Bowl, it's not like look at how ever how well everyone looks. It's actually a sloppy group because most people are fat and just it's an ugly group. In the NFL. You know, I, I would imagine, like, in venture capitalism or whatever, there are a lot of people making a lot of money. But for a lot of industries, there's, like, the one guy at the top making a lot. Like, even when you bump into, like, oh, there's a defensive coordinator of Wink Martindale. Well, he's now making $3.5 Oh, there's Vic Fangio. Well, when he was a defensive coordinator, he was making two. So not just the head coaches, but the coordinators. Guy, this has to be the number one convention of where if you didn't know anything about sports and you just came here, you'd be like, ah. What do they do? You know, like, they're not big business. Like, you just wouldn't. Now, you could tell, like, when you come in here with the cameras and shit. But I'm just saying, if you just stood in the hallway the and watched people Get off walk the by right. and you didn't know who they were, you just, Mike Brown's on the elevator with me. Guy, you would have thought that guy lives in, like, Pinole, you know? And it's like, oh, yeah, that guy owns a team that if he sold, put legitimately put on the open market, even if it's in Cincinnati, what would what would the Cincinnati Bengals get him? $2 billion? Yeah. <laughs> right, like, yeah, he's worked too big. He's a sole owner, no, no assistant owners or anything. He, he owns a hundred percent of it. But even just other coaches, you're just like Vrabel would just be like, oh, what did that guy do? Lift? You know, you wouldn't be able. Yeah, he's he's probably banked fifty million as a player, and he probably makes now seven. You just it's fascinating when you think about it like that, right? Because like you go to Hollywood or whatever, those the actors and their dress, the dress codes here, guy, are just if you have a pullover on, you're you're dressed up. Yeah, I mean, the core of football, right, is grinding. That is the core of the sport, is that we grind. Now, the one thing I noticed... sweaty when you grind. I do... There are definitely general managers put on a button-up, and a few head coaches put on a nice shirt, you know, today. 
Kyle, and I appreciate this so much about Kyle. He doesn't give now his shoe. I don't. How much do Yeezys cost? Three, uh, two seventy five, three fifty. So they're expensive shoes. Three fifty, but probably. They, they look like. I think they look like shit. He actually pulls them off. Now he had designer jeans on, but he just has like a pullover zip up. He ain't even thinking like that. And it's the one thing I do appreciate. Like he's just a lot of Doug Peterson was like that. Coach Reed was just wearing his chief sweatsuit. You know, he doesn't care. Veach has had a pullover on. You you can be a multimillionaire here and just go pull over. And it's, you're like, I'm dressed up. And you feel like, yeah, I'm legitimately dressed up. All right, you ready to That's get to the cool part about sports is you just don't have to dress, like put on suits or anything. Well, the whole world has changed if you look at, you know, people used to wear suits That's two true. games as fans. That's true, too. And basketball keeps doing its thing, like making their coaches wear suits. You imagine Packing for a road trip as a basketball coach versus a baseball coach. Baseball coach, you got a duffel. Football coach, you don't even pack. You just walk on the plane with a backpack and a hoodie. Basketball, you need a five-game road trip. You need seven different pairs of shoes, five different suits, shirts, cufflinks, ties, pocket squares. And holy shit, man. That pic that that went viral of Kyle when he was driving to the – was it the NFC Championship game or was it the wild card I think game? It was the, I thought face? it was the NFC Championship game. It might have been the Vikings game because he, he'd had a couple weeks to prepare. And okay. I was like, what has this guy been doing the last couple weeks? But just the picture, he was just wearing a T-shirt and the hat low. Yeah. Like he, he ain't putting on the Armani to come to the game. He doesn't care. No. All right, John, you spoke with Albert Breer on Tuesday. We're going to play this in two parts. Let's listen to part one. And then we'll react to it. Here is John Middlecoff with Albert Breer of the MMQB. By the way, really good MMQB. Here is uh, Albert Breer from the MMQB. Mr. MMQB. Mr. Been in the NFL media forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as locked in as anyone, I go, I was telling him, I go to the MMQB every Monday. You give me just nuggets. <laughs> I mean, nuggets. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's a lot of work, but it's... Uh, You've carried it on well. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like, you know, I, I grew up reading Peter and... Being able to follow in his footsteps definitely an honor. It's a lot of big shoes to fill, no question about it. Let's start with the Niners. Yep. Uh, from the Super Bowl to some pretty big things going on right now, they have two guys in, in Buckner and in Kittle that are up for extensions. Right. Buckner was up last year, and nothing happened. Now this year, I would imagine he cost more. Right. Starting with him, what, what type of money are we talking? Well, I, you know, I think what's hard about it is that like the, the actual price tag for – defensive lineman and premier defensive lineman has clearly crossed 20 million you know and i think when Cleo mack and aaron donald got that and got past 20 million it was like okay like is this an outlier but now we've seen you know with what frank clark got in kansas city um, with what demarcus lawrence got in dallas um, you know guys who are able to create pressure up front um, command deals in that range and so um, yeah, I think you're going to see with Chris Jones in Kansas City. They're going to try to get him done, but um, you know if they're going to get him done, they're going to have to go in the twenty million dollar range. Guaranteed money? Are we talking sixty plus, seventy? Yeah, I mean it's going to be it's going to be not Donald, but not not Donald, but it's but but it'll be closing in on Donald because I mean that deal is now two years old. So it's like if you're paying a guy like DeForest Buckner's a great player. He's not Aaron Donald, but he's also going to be signing this deal two years after Donald's deal got done. So we're talking about two years of inflation, too. Fletcher Cox, $63 million four years ago. Right. And so we're talking about inflation on that. We're talking about inflation on what Donald got. Um, and I think Cox is probably a decent comp for, 
for for divorce buckner so my 75 so yeah and i think it's going to be up there and like look here's the thing too is that uh, you know when the cba gets done I, like we could be like looking down the line at you know i i mean i don't think it's out of the question the cap would be at 260 or 270 um three years from now yeah which i i you know i, I then all of a sudden we're talking about percentages yeah like we're all right so you know what's his percentage of the cap you know and relative to like what fletcher cox's was three four years ago right like what's his percentage of the cap relative to where aaron donald was two years ago that's the numbers that you want to look at let's go to his his partner actually in crime yeah. from oregon eric armstead huge year yeah. unrestricted free agent niners in somewhat of a cap pinch yeah uh my take you tag and you trade that's what belichick would yeah. do you can't bosa's now there you have d ford on the books you can't keep everyone and like like you said with these defensive linemen what would eric armstead if they just let him test free agency he would get an enormous amount right of money, and right? i think that that part so you tag and trade do you think yeah, that's the route I, they go? i think i i know that that's some, i i know i can tell you that they have they have kicked that around and i know it's a consideration um now i mean like look like part of the issue is the timing and if you tag him, you're basically going to eat up the rest of your cap space if you're the Niners, right, until you can deal him off. And so you're going to have to be able to work a trade for him pretty quickly. Um, you know, I mean, realistically, if you want to do anything in free agency, you're going to have to do it between now and the beginning of the league year. In the past, teams in that spot would have let guys go and just gotten the comp pick a year later. Yeah. But what we've seen over the last year, D Ford – uh, Frank Clark, like you're seeing guys now at those positions being tagged and traded. The Niners just did it to get right, me. right. And so, like I, I think there's, you know, there's sort of been this obsession with comp picks and everything else. And now teams are looking at it and saying, well, do we want a three in a year or do we want like a higher pick now? Of course, you want the higher pick now. And so, if you're pretty confident, you can move them. And I'm, I'm sure John Lynch is gathering intel on that over the course of. You know, this week, like he's going to be figuring out if there's a trade market for him. Yeah, I think you you determine whether or not you're going to you know you're going to tag him based on you know what you think the trade market's going to be, and you should be able to ascertain that over the next couple of days. Well, like with the defensive lineman comps, the problem for Kittle on his side is the comps for tight, tight ends, ends are terrible. Bad, yeah. the, the most amount of money ever given guaranteed I, was I Trey Burton twenty two. I always thought it was crazy too, and it's like part of the secret with the Patriots is that they kept val- down. they value positions that aren't paid. Like you're right. Uh, I mean, point. like linebacker, tight end, like slot receivers. Like they, they like New England's always value positions that don't get paid, like premier players. Never even thought about that. Uh, you know, and Genius. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like you think about it, though, it's true. I mean, it's it's. I mean, like look, like you know, I mean, we can go deep into the weeds in this, but I mean, it's like, you know, okay, most teams have their best corners on the outside, so we're going to pay a slot receiver less, and he's going to be on a worse player in games. We're going to be able to take another advantage of another team's weakness while paying less for the player. <laughs> I mean, like it's it Joe Lacob once said he owns the Warriors. They were light years ahead. The the reality is Belichick's been light years right. ahead forever. He just I mean, when, when, when everybody when everybody figures out what he's doing, he's already on to the next thing. <laughs> so, so George but, Kittle's but, but, market. But, but, but yeah, but I think George Kittle's you know, the question becomes and, and you know, this this is a very common question with NFL free agents, NFL players a year from free agency. The question becomes, like, is he willing to do a conventional tight end deal now, right? And he, I, I think the Niners would be willing to make him the highest paid tight end in the history of football right now. Um, or does he want to try to blow up the market? 
And the problem is that when well, you say that, do you mean like thirty million guaranteed well, I mean, and still? Yeah, I, I mean like the, the guaranteed money. I mean, you know, Prague is pretty good at dealing with that stuff for and, sure, and continuing to give the teams out team outs. I think if you're talking about setting a new standard, um, like in the APY, um, the problem that players have in that situation is. Well, you have to you probably have to get through two franchise tags to get there, and the franchise tags are going to be at a market level. I know, and the market Screws level them. for tight ends is low, and so it's it's like with Kirk Cousins. You know, like Kirk Cousins, they they came in, they wanted to give him a B level quarterback contract. Well, he didn't want to do that. Okay, tag me now, tag me again, and he was able to do a groundbreaking deal with the Vikings, but only because he was willing to play on two franchise tags it's rare that a guy who's eligible for a deal who's having big money thrown in front of him it's rare that a guy like that is willing to say no i want to change the market and i'm going to wait three years to do it how much did michael thomas make a year like 18 20 and he Uh, got just under 20 and he got over 60 million guaranteed if i'm george kittle and i'm sitting down with parag he's the best in the business isn't he going i you wouldn't trade me straight up for him now i get i'm not a wide receiver and i get wide receivers are valued but that twenty million, if he's sixty, I, I don't know how he could sign a straight face. And they they love him. And how yeah. could they not? He's the star. He owns the Niners. I mean, they're one of the biggest brands in the league. He's their star player, even bigger than the quarterback. How could he sign anything less for forty million dollars? And I get the comps, but his value, he is the new Gronk. How good he is, and just relative to what other guys are making. I mean, my 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 experience, and like I, I, I understand what you're saying. My 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 experience is that. Like, if you want to do something groundbreaking in these sorts of arenas, you have to be willing to go to the mat with the team. So you think forty so million would be groundbreaking? It's either, it's either, it's either, it's either. I'm willing to sit out, sit out. Like I'm willing to sit out, or I'm willing to play it out. Um, it's hard to break new ground when yeah. you're, you know, uh, it's hard to break new ground when you've got a year left in your deal, and a team can say, well, we'll sit here. And we'll and we still we'll sit here. We'll let you play out the year. And oh, by the way, if you really want to push it, we'll just tag you next year. Is that because teams don't want to set new precedent? They never want to do that, right? Yeah, just that <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's business. I mean, it's like, yeah, I understand I mean, their side. I mean, it's I mean, and look, the the Niners are going to have lots of mouths to feed. You Why know, not? like not I mean, I like you know, down the line, we're talking about Fred Warner's going to get yeah, extended next year. I mean, Fred Warner's going to be in that mix. Obviously, Nick Bosa. If we're looking further down the line. Um, yeah, you know, they've got questions this year. With Sherman's going to be Sherman's going to be a free agent right. after next year, right? So, like, they're it's a talent and roster. It's a good problem to have, but you know, I, if you're if you're going to try to keep a team like that together, you're not doing it by breaking the market for individual right. guys. It's going to have two effects. One, it's going to like shorten the amount of money you have to spend on every everybody else, and then number two. Now everybody's going to come to you looking for a groundbreaking deal. Well, that's why I think the tag and trade with Armstead is their only option. I know yeah. they love him and they want to keep him, and it's a it's a luxury to have. But you draft Nick Bosa that high, Buckner, well, and that's pay. the thing is like if you if you if you if you sign Armstead, that sets the floor for Buckner, right? Yeah, like you can't even t- start talking about anything, yeah. like because Buckner's a better player. Yeah, done it longer right. at a higher level. Before we uh, move on and talk about what he had to say, John, let's just tell the people this podcast is brought to you by Upstart. Our friends at Upstart.com are here to help you because Upstart is the revolutionary lending platform that offers smarter rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. Upstart.com slash ham guy. A lot of people. I've been there. You've been there. 
I'm with a lot of people at the Combine. Well, the coaches probably haven't been there in a while. But there are media people probably have been there that have a big, big credit card debt. You're paying huge numbers on your interest rate on that debt. That's where Upstart comes in. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate. The best part is, guy, once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. The next day, guy. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit card bills and meet their financial goals. I've had it hanging over my head. It can be stressful. You don't want to be stressed out over money because you want to be kicking ass at whatever you're trying to do. But when you got money hanging over your head, it can, it can, it can wear you down, guy. And that's where our friends at Upstart.com come in. They pay off that credit card debt, and then you pay them a much lower rate. It's a win-win. See why Upstart's ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. Hurry to upstart.com slash ham. Find out how low your rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash ham. All right, John. So we heard uh, Albert Breer there. Let's just go through it piece by piece. Let's start with DeForest Buckner, what he had to say about DeForest Buckner. We talked about it on the last podcast. DeForest commented on the Instagram post from um, our friends at uh, RSF49ers who did we appreciate them uh, taking our stuff and putting it up, uh, helping us spread the ham the gospel. And he said, uh, when did we start believing everything on the Internet? So I heard Breer, and I heard uh, if I was DeForest Buckner's agent, I'd be like, hell yeah, Albert Breer. That's exactly what we're talking about. Because you said over 60. You said 60. You heard they had an offer around there, and they said, no, we can wait. And Albert Breer is basically saying, if, that, if that's true, then that was good business. And think about it, guy. If you have a good agent, which he does, I'm pretty sure he's represented by CAA. If he would have signed that deal last year, he's looking at it like I'm taking somewhat of a discount because you're buying out my last two years, right? Because you're buying out my fourth year, and I know you're going to pick up my fifth-year option. When I heard Albert talk, it actually crystallized. I thought Buckner was kind of nuts. He's actually dead on. He's worth more than I thought based on, like he said, the, the cap going up his own value to the team, and I, we'll talk about Kittle, he falls under this category too. It, it, this isn't like he's not just a good player. He's a good player that means a lot to the organization, who the head coach and the, the head coach who's in charge of everything loves. Now, granted, he didn't draft him, but that's, that's irrelevant with this individual player. And then if you are a good agent, you know the market because you start looking at it, you're like, well, the Fletcher Cox things was four years ago. And even Aaron Donald, like he said, that's now 18 months ago. So the farther you get away, I start creeping up to that number. So I, I, I've you and I talked about on the last podcast, I, I kind of expect him to get over $70 million guaranteed, which it hit me this morning, actually. I, I think he's going to be the highest paid player on the team. I'm not Jimmy per year, whatever. I'm talking guaranteed money. Everyone loves talking about APY. Even Breer was APY. I don't give a shit about APY. I guess it does matter with Jimmy because quarterbacks get a lot of their money. But we've seen, like, I wait when the, when the contract comes out for any given player, how much guaranteed did they get? Right. Like, oh, you get 27 a year. 27 total guaranteed. Well, it's not a seven-year deal. Like, right, you're not getting $27 million a year for five years. So if he gets, you can tell me his APY is whatever, that guaranteed number, if he surpasses Jimmy or gets flies by Fletcher Cox, to me, I don't know where you stand, is – would be a really big deal, right? Bigger than, like, he's averaging, and agents love talking about it. I, I just don't care. And I know team, it matters to teams. You know why it matters to teams, guy? Because the players think it matters because their agent tells them it matters. The, the only thing that matters to me is how much guarantee, like Jimmy's 71 or 74, whatever Jimmy got. 
like 70 to car. Like that number matters. So here's a few thoughts to your point on APY uh, and then another point on something Albert said. Firstly, I agree with you. To me, what matters more than APY, the reason average per year doesn't matter is because the, I mean, it matters, but the reason it's misleading is because the cap changes every year, right? So like your average per year, no, I need to know what it is in a year and then I need to know what the cap is that year. And then I need to know in year two what you're making and then I need to know what the cap is in year two. I don't need to know the average of the two. I need to know what you're making and what the cap is. So, for Remember example, rumors about Russell Wilson was going to fight for a deal that was relative to the cap. So it was just my my yearly average was just going to be a percentage of the cap. So it wouldn't be like, well, you make thirty million. It's like a rev, it's well, like a rev share is what he's basically yeah. asking. You're basically of. making me a partner in this deal. Yeah. yeah, you are. So, so let's do the two. Let's talk about the two deals from a percentage. Albert said you got to look at percentages. So I looked at the percentages. Okay, so Fletcher Cox, sixty three million dollars signed in twenty sixteen. In 2016, the NFL cap was $155 million. Jesus. So to so what I did is I just went for Cox and Donald, what's been the highest they've made in an individual year to this point, and just compared it to what the cap was and what it's projected to be now. So, for example, for Fletcher Cox, uh, this year he'll make $23 million, which is the highest individual annual number in his contract to this point. When he signed his deal... In 2016, cap at 155. If the cap had stayed the same this year, $23 million against a $155 million cap, that's 15% of the cap. But the projection this year is it's a $200 million cap. So instead of 15% against the cap, that's down 3%. He's 12% against the cap. Aaron Donald signed his deal $87 million guaranteed in 2018 when the cap was 177. $25 million he'll make this year against a $177 million cap. That's 14%. Okay. Against a $200 million cap, his $25 million this year is a percent and a half lower, 12 and a half percent. So if How do teams operate with a $150 million salary cap, uh, I don't know. So if Buckner signs for the $63 million, right? Let's just say Fletcher, Fletcher's deal. Fletcher's deal. What's the most he's going to make in an individual year? Well, let's say we got a year where the cap is $240 million, which is what Breer suggested, right? Yeah. So in that. 260 in three years. Yeah. So, so basically going up like 20 a year the next three years. Okay. You want to go 260? So let's say he's making $25 million in year three, whatever, when it's 260. That's 10, it's 10% of the cap. Right, so I, I, I'm ex- I'm actually really confident here in the way you talked. His agents, one of the best in the business. I'm expecting like a number over seven, aren't you? Seven D, uh, meaning, like I, I would it shock you if he got more guaranteed money than Jimmy Garoppolo, who was um, slightly above Derek at seventy? Because they no, would still I mean, justify Jimmy's highest paid player on the team by APY. Yeah, I mean, to me, you could easily, because it would not surprise me, because if he gets $72 million, it's more than Fletcher Cox got four years ago. It's still, that's still, le- that's still $15 million less than Aaron Donald. I think I, I um, my initial number was, I think it was like 14% and 12% when I was giving you the Fletcher Cox numbers. But the point is, it's gone down about 2% since he signed the deal relative to the current cap. So well, I think the way these guys are thinking about it, it basically goes up $10 million a year. I think everyone's starting to think, like, if this thing gets done, 
it's going to be double because the TV deals are going to be double. So instead of 10 every year, it's going to be 20. Well, if you're an agent, who's the guys licking their lips? It's the blue chippers because they used to get 10. Now it's 18. I used to make sign a $20 million deal. Now I'm thinking 34. But the I'm percentages thinking, won't change, right? Just the money. You'll well, still be saying, getting yeah. 14% or 12% or 9%. More money for the player and more money for the agent. And I think the teams with the smart, I mean, talk to Howie Roseman, Parag, these guys get that. So it's easier to stomach when, because you agree, if it got announced tomorrow, Fletcher or DeForest Buckner signed a six-year deal worth $140 million, whatever the average per year, like $20 million a year and 75 guaranteed. People would be like, oh, my God. Jeez Louise. And then in three years, like, yeah, he's a not even top five defensive tackle. That's just the way it works. Yeah, to me, the what, what, what to look at is what percentages do the players that get paid the most, have they gotten historically, right? Let's say the last five, seven years. And by and large, I, those numbers aren't going to go up, right? They're not going to go up. But let's just see what they've done the last five years. Just take that percentage and just assume your best players, the, the creme de la creme, are going to get whatever that is. So for Aaron Donald, let's just take Aaron Donald's money and say what what's that the high, what I've been taking is the highest number to this point. But it changes because Aaron's making more in 2021 than he will in 2020 against the cap. But just say what are those percentages? So if that's 14 if your best player is making 14%, then just assume if when the cap's 300 million, your best player is making 14%. Well, what's the difference? My overall takeaway just talk my overall takeaway, just talking to people, listening to Breer, talking it through with you, he one million percent made the right decision to play yeah. it out. Oh yeah, he did. I'm just saying this, when this offseason. Yeah. Just when the cap's three hundred million, fourteen percent is gonna be someone's making forty million dollars, right? Yeah. In their high year instead of twenty five. Well, because think about it, at forty million dollars when the cap was one fifty five would have been obscene, right? It would have been almost thirty percent of your cap. People like even if it's your quarterback, that's insane. But forty million dollars when the cap is double that, not as crazy at all. It's all I, I need to start thinking of it in those terms. I really have until today. That's what we're always looking to learn here. Yeah, hopefully we're we're, we're teaching ourselves. We're all learning together. That's right. You're helping me learn, and hopefully our, we can all continue this learning, this exploration. All right, um, let's talk about Eric Armstead. Basically, what he said was, "This is going to be a really important time." We've been talking about this, a really important time for John Lynch to figure out. If he tags Eric Armstead, can he trade Eric Armstead before the league year begins, which is what, March 18th? Because the Niners have about, I'm using the, the, the spot track numbers, the Niners have about $17.8 million in cap space right now, and the tag for Eric Armstead would probably wipe that out completely, if not exceed it a little bit. So if you tag him and he's on your roster, it's hard to do anything else. So you've got to know that you Very can trade point. him if you tag him. So, Haberman's good at math. Well, I had to look learning here. Luckily, I heard the interview and I got to look some of this st- this stuff up. So, it seems like you and Albert both agreed that's the most likely scenario. And when you lay it out like that, it's, it's hard to envision something differently than that happening. I'd have to look at the timeline, but it was a little complicated for the Chiefs, right? Because they had to get rid of D, then they had to get Frank, but it was probably. They were kind of waiting on the Niners to give them the thumbs up because they were willing to give a first-rounder for Frank Clark. But they couldn't give the first-rounder for Frank Clark till they knew they'd get D off the books. Where the Niners, I don't, I don't know if it's like a wham-bam. It's just you just trade Eric Armstead for the pick. 
Now, I do. He said you'd have to figure that out between now and then. I think that would get figured out between now and then. Where it does get complicated, right, there's stuff in signing the tag to be able to trade you. Like, it's a little complicated. But this is where John Lynch and Parag having good relationships with the agents, their own players, the players being in a good spot. This is not – Kyle said it today to the West Coast media. It was like – only Bay Area media. Bob was did a good job, and I, I'm able to stay there. How, how, how do they uh, police off. that? Well, it's Bob. Just you. Just if you're not if you're random, you get cut off, and I, it doesn't matter who you are, guy. Uh, I think this is Kyle said. I want to keep all the players on this team. Like if they trade Eric Armstead, it's not because they don't want to keep him. They can't afford him. It's just that simple. There's only so much money to go around. Talked about it in the article. We've talked about it at nauseum since we've been talking about NFL football, but. To make everything smooth, I think this is the week, definitely this week and the next couple weeks. Because other teams, there are other dominoes, right? Do I need to cut a player to make room for the guy? How much do I have to pay him? The Cleveland Browns, like the, the, the offer I've thought about was, if you're the Browns, you got a loaded offense. Like you, you need to get some offensive linemen, but you got wide receivers, you got running backs, you drafted a quarterback high, you got a tight end in Njoku, like you got players. I think you get Joe Woods from the Niners. What did he just see? A defensive line wrecks fucking shop. Well, I got Miles Garrett. What, what, how did you guys do that with Nick Bosa? Oh, we had inside guys that kicked ass too. So you put Armstead with Miles Garrett, and you know what you do? He'd be like, you know what we did with Armstead and, and uh, Buckner? We put him right next to Bosa and D Ford, and we kicked the shit out of people. Because you can't block, if you got two of them on the same side, you can't blo- three guys can't block them. Good luck putting a tight end over Miles Garrett. That won't work. So you put Eric Armstead next to him. It's just there are probably more options, but that's just an easy one to see because of Joe Woods. Like, would you give – if you, you can't sign Eric Armstead long-term, you give him to the Browns, you let them have a big defensive free agent signing. He fits because Joe Woods is going to run the scheme. Chris Kiffin, who was the assistant defensive line coach, went with him to the Browns for pick 41. 41. Like, is that, is that, a, is that a win-win deal? Like, I, if I'm the Niners, I would do that yesterday, guy. Like that, that's probably the best deal possible. And, again, I, I'm shooting for the stars with that. I don't even know if that's on the table, and it might not be. You could argue it's too rich. Would you argue it's too rich? No. You gotta no, pay him too. I, I would not argue it's too rich, John, because the question is if you're Cleveland. What would, he get, what would he get if he hit free agency and people were bidding on his services? $70 million? Yeah. Bidding on his Coming services. off a career year, still super young. Huge blue chipper. Yeah. He'd get he played hard. That's the other thing. He played hard. So it's like this guy plays hard. That, well, that's a big thing in free agency. Like this guy plays hard. To me, what what did the pick number end up being on D Ford? Well, this year it's thirty one. No, the no, Niners no. get the Chiefs thirty one. I think they traded him this year's second. They gave him last year's third and this year's second, I think. Yeah. So they had a second, remember? So they, had, they got Debo. Like I call me crazy because D Ford to this point has had more sustained High, high end, probably talent or performance. But I'd rather, like, to me, Eric Armstead, is there, who's worth more right now today, Eric Armstead today or D Ford last year when he was traded? Well, we've already talked about it. The Niners were probably one of the only teams that would have made a really aggressive pitch for D Ford. So I think Eric Armstead fits a ton of teams. I'm just saying, Eric Armstead's value to me should be higher than D Ford's was. That, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. So 41 but, is not like. Could you argue that forty-one that you could get something better well, than forty-one? No, so here's what they got, guy. The Chiefs traded D Ford in exchange for the 2020 second round pick. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Well, what? the 2000 so 2020 second round pick 
turned out to be pick 31. Like the Niners are getting 31 in the second round. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So 41 is a premium. 41 is a sweet fucking pick, right? That's a, that's a lot. You, um, we'll just look at the end of the draft. Who's giving you a first-round pick at the end of the draft? Chiefs aren't. Niners aren't trading them to themselves. You wouldn't send them to the Packers. You're not gonna tra- you wouldn't send them to the Packers. They're not interested. They got enough young defensive linemen. Dolphins don't. Uh, Dolphins Titans, got other no. issues. Yeah, I just, I think then you start getting way too high. Like he's, you're not getting picked twenty three for him. You know, that's uh, where I'd be like Carolina. Abram's home. Thirty eight. Carolina. Ah, new scheme, tanking for Trevor. I don't even know who their defense. You wouldn't send them to Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You've convinced me that that's value, but I I would not feel like you're robbing the Browns for forty one. I'll tell you that. I, but wouldn't you say that's like a win-win? If, if I said you flipped them for 41 where a couple years ago it w- wasn't good, that's I think it all yeah, worked out Yeah, maybe I am a hope. Deep and in my heart, it. I feel like he's worth more than that, John. But but, but here's the thing. Well, I just, you, I, have to, you have to unload him. Like, you, you're kind of in a tough spot, right, if you tag him. Well, that's where, that's where they got you by the balls. Could you ar- argue like two threes instead of a two? Could you, would you take a player back? Somebody's Elshon Jeffrey. Maybe. I mean, it's, ask Howie. They probably do but that. he's too expensive. Yeah, it doesn't work. I I, I think I I just don't see how he's not tagged and traded, unless they trade Buckner or Kittle, and that's just not happening. So it's just it's just an economic issue. It, 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 honestly, guy, this usually doesn't happen in sports, in football specifically. When a guy's traded, it's usually like Andy traded yeah. him; they didn't want him. Even they got rid of Frank Clark. Seattle was over him. Odell Beckham, they wanted him out. Like this would be one of the true ones where I think when Kyle says I want to keep all fifty-three guys, and specifically he's talking about a guy like that he might trade, like Eric, he's not lying. Like if they had, if they had, I wrote in the article if this was the Yankees, they would just re-sign him. Like they, their team would all come back, right? If this was the, if this was baseball, but that's just not the rules here. And I actually think you take a step back. You kind of smile like you turn this guy into – you got credit for making this guy have a career year, and you're going to benefit potentially on this trade because of that. Like this is what this is what Belichick does. Like you coach guys up, you can flip them for good values. Like that's – that should continue right, to you happen. Right, you need to keep doing it. Because it's going to happen again. Yeah, you need to keep doing yeah. it. Because um, Kyle even mentioned today over with the beat reporters guy that, you know, there's a fine balance of – He's even like, listen, I think we're the best team in the league. I know we didn't win the Super Bowl, but I thought start to finish we're the best team in the league. He's like, that doesn't always happen. Some years teams that win the Super Bowl get hot. Kansas City kind of got hot, but Kansas City was unique. So you could, he's like, we could just roll it all back, right? Find, figure out a way to roll it all back. And we go, we roll out the best team in the league back, but is that the right thing to do big picture? And you'd say, historically, and if you just look at the number one guy in the league who's going to go down as probably the best coach GM in the history of the league, he never thinks like that. And I think Kyle, that's a friend of his, right? I mean, that's, I think Kyle does think like that, which makes him unique for being a younger coach because I do think a lot of coaches in any sport that had a team that was that fucking loaded and you could figure out a way to bring it all back would because no one could be critical if they brought everyone back and he's found a way, like cut Marquise Goodwin to make room for But Armstrong they might have to do that anyway. Well, he was adamant today they won't. So All right, we'll trade we'll him, but... I just yeah trade who yeah get rid of yeah they might they've got to create but I just a little mean, more trade space. a couple little pieces. Yeah. Um, well, you know the other thing that's You're unusual right, the, is that it, the tag is complicated. The only the other thing that's unusual is that it happens this quickly after you've risen to the mountain. Like this is it felt like God the Niners are early this year. Boom, they already got to get rid of somebody. Well, because they had a couple core guys on that team that went through the shit yep. years. Right, like Buckner and Kittle were just like there for two wins, there for the four wins. Then all of a sudden, 13-win Super Bowl, it's like, time to get paid, bitches. 
did work out really well. I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah. It worked out great. All right, John, before we move on, let's tell the people about Simply Safe. This podcast brought to you in part by Simply Safe. As you know, right now, John is not at his home, but he's checking up on his home thanks to the Simply Safe real video cameras. Police dispatch up to 350% faster when there's a break in with Simply Safe than for a normal burglar alarm because they can see the eyewitness account of the crime happening before their eyes. SimplySafe.com slash ham. I dare anyone to rob me. SimplySafe.com slash ham. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to install. I did it. You did it. Cameras are really small. You can't even see them. It only costs 50 cents a day with no contracts. I had someone tweet at me the other day. I got rid of ADT for Simply Safe. Don't blame them. I would too. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. Again, Simply Safe, the best home security system. Go to simplysafe.com slash ham today and you'll get a free shipping and 60 day risk free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now so they know we sent you. Simplysafe.com slash ham. That's simply S I M P L I safe.com slash ham. So after hearing what Albert Breer said about George Kittle, I'm probably a little less bullish than I was on the last podcast that, that Kittle's going to just, you know, triple a previous tight end salary. It's, it's doesn't seem likely. Do you notice how, maybe it's because he came, uh, Kittle came on the show, how I went to the mat. People would often be like, Middlecoff, you're just pro front offices. And usually I am. Like, I'm just pro. I want the team to say good. But I do have George Kittle's back on this one because I I feel the, our mindset is right. And now he's right. Like, you got to really draw a line in the sand. Like, teams just don't just like, oh, yeah, we'll just give you $50 million, even though the last tight end got 22 Like, no, it doesn't add up. But – I, I, I truly believe, and I'm not naive to this stuff. I just think this is a very, very unique case. Now, he could, he, if he did make it ugly, which I think would be hard for him, right, to sit out and not be around, that's not his fucking deal. Uh, like, but would you I'm have said that was Khalil Mack's deal? No, but I think that Khalil Mack got to the point where the market was the market and it was clear where it was headed. And he, and then I think rumors like, does John want him? Because we, guy, we started talking about that like a couple months into yeah. it. Like that, that's not the case here. Like the guy, they played golf in Cabo. Like most, had, if Belichick and Tom were there, you sounds think like the worst. They sound like the worst group to play behind ever. By the way, took five. Well, I imagine they were. <laughs> now, if you run back. into them and play with them, be an incredible group to play with. Yeah. So I, I again, I, this is not some show that's pro player here, but I, I. I just in sports contracts, I think I'd put this one in kind of an outlier group, right? Even with the buying the year out or whatever that bullshit is, it's pretty clear the importance of this dude. You know, I, I understand quarterbacks are on a different level, but I'd put this guy in the rare group with Donald, with Khalil, with Michael Thomas. I mean, again, I, if my, I, I couldn't with a straight face if I'm, if I'm Kittle. I, I just keep saying, like, Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas. I, I just keep saying that. Now, I, I, it's hard. Like, he's not a business guy. He just wants to play football. That's why he pays his agent. But, God, here would be the other thing, guy. If I, get, if I just sign, like, I think the Niners would sign him to $30 million guaranteed. And then the next day, Buckner gets done for 74 Like, that's, that's what also makes it complicated, right? Another guy, which George is better than this player. I get the comps and the players and the positions. You're going to have almost triple my money? Again, I'm, maybe I'm jaded on this. I don't no, know. But so I, I, 
I agree with you. We agree on this wholeheartedly. Who are my best players? Like in basketball, it's not like, well, I don't know. You're a center. It's like, do you want him or not? Here's how much he costs, right? Remember, it was like, is Clay a max guy? Yeah, you bet your fucking ass he well, is. Well, but but no one's ever like, but shooting guards have never made that much money before. It's it's it's. But but I think I think Draymond's a good example though. He took a little less, but it's like, well, Draymond ain't but yeah, Kittle. But the, but like, nobody Kittle was. Be but Clay it was or never Steph. like well because the fact the way the fact that Draymond didn't have a position made him more valuable, not less valuable, right? True, but I'm saying this year when he signed the hundred million dollar contract, it's like he could risk it to try to get two hundred million yeah, but, next year, and people are like, is he going to get a match? But you're making so much more money in the NBA right now, guaranteed dollars, right? True, it's all you guaranteed. can take less because it's still more than in the NFL. Yeah, less is more it's in different. the NBA. It's not apples. Like when apples. KD yeah, was like, you know, he's going to take less. It's like, whoa, what's he making? A twenty-eight million dollars. Like, oh, okay. remember it was like. Well, how much was he going to make? Oh, 29-2, but it gave him a little flexibility. Yeah. Like, oh, you're giving this guy credit for a fucking tax write Now, that said, I, you know, I would nev- no player owes it to the team. But I think what you hear from Albert, it's not just about Kittle wanting to be there. It's more so the road to getting there. It's a long road because you got to be willing to sit out. Then you can get tagged. Then you can get tagged again. And for him, even though it, the tag would be way more than a tight end normally makes, it would still be in line with what just the elite playmakers make. You know, six years ago, the Saints wanted to tag. When have Jimmy- they? When have they? When have they ever tagged a guy? The 49ers? Yeah, and played on the tag. I don't remember. I don't think it's happened. I think only life. I saw Breer wrote the MMQB. Maybe only two guys get tagged this year, and uh, one was a Raven, one was a Jag, and probably both of them wouldn't end up playing on the tag. One of them would get traded. Maybe both of them. But yeah. So six years ago, the Saints wanted to tag Jimmy Graham. The franchise tag for a receiver at the time. Do you know what the franchise tag for a receiver for the 2014 season was? This is the stuff will make you laugh. Seven. It, million it was twelve million. It was twelve million. Okay. The t- tight end, tight end was like tight seven, end was seven. And so what did they do? Jimmy Graham said, "I'm not a rec- I'm not a tight end. I'm a receiver. I lined up in the slot or at wideout 67 percent of the time. He was almost detached seventy percent of the time in the slot or or." Full-on, out wide. 70% of the time. What would the Seahawks defense tell you? Yeah, guys, he ain't a fucking tight end. You watch him block, he's a receiver. He was right. The Saints argued that the tight end position has always involved some combination of splitting out, running pass routes, staying in the block. This was like legit arbitration. I, I remember this. And the NFL and the Saints won. The arbiter ruled with the Saints. He denied... Graham's request to be declared a wide receiver. So, uh, and he, I mean, the money was just crazy. That's a big, but $5 million is a big swing back then, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's a massive percentage of the money. So, um, you know, that, that, unfortunately, that is just the fact of, that's just the fact of the business. If I was the NFL, if I was NFL players, that'd be part of my CBA. It's like, guys, can we do this stuff based off production and how good you are, not based on what position you play, if it's tight end or receiver, or at least get tight ends viewed? So, but anyway, the point is. Um, so you're leaning he's in a little trouble. Yeah, even though I, we John, think. I, we are in, of course he is worth every bit that Michael Thomas is worth. He's worth more than Michael Thomas is worth. I agree. Worth. And this is, this is, this is criminal. I would fight the system on this. But. Are you willing, if you're him, 
I'll go back to Breer. Are you willing? Like, the bottom line is not what are you truly worth on the open. Because if he hit the open market, John, would he make a penny less than Michael Thomas? Let's do a guess. Would he right make? Now. Would anybody pay him like a tight end if he hit free agency? Let's do a guess. He hit the open market. They just let him hit it. How much guaranteed money does George Kittle? Another Pro Bowl season next year. What'd you next say, year. Michael Thomas was? Sixty one or okay. Two. Tell you what, you guys all pay him a, like a I tight have a number end. in my head. I'll pay him sixty million and beat all your asses by twenty million and get George Kittle. Yeah, I think he'd get like seven. So I mean, this idea he'd be the number one free agent in like I mean, ten years. This is crazy, but it is it is the situation. So like Brewer said, is he willing to not show up? What do you think? I mean, I, I, if you would ask me, it is the right move. Yeah, if it's you the right move, guy, what do you recommend to George Kittle as his agent? I'd be like George. You can make you right now. We can go get you thirty-five million dollars, and it'll be more than any tight end's ever gotten. But it's not going to be close to what you could get as a free agent. Or we can play it out this year. You just make what you're making. Next year you're going to get tagged. You're like, oh, well, tag. It's not going to be shitty. It'd be hard to walk away, like you always said with Cole Hamels. You just put the check in front of the guy. Does he take it? Well, that's their advantage with the thirty-five million type number. I say this, George. You can go to OTAs, you know, to stay in shape. You can't go training camp because it's got to get close to games because that freaks people out, right? It's the game. Like, OTAs, they or not, it, no one cares. I mean, the coaches work three days a week. It's not – There's you don't gain anything like, I didn't show up for OTAs. Yeah, no one fucking noticed. <laughs> yeah, I've been to these OTAs. It's country club now. It's like That's why I always wonder when the CBA is like, we need another day off during OTAs. Like, guys – can we fight for something real here? Training camp, though, the first couple weeks of training camp, like, oh, yeah, we just we don't even notice them. Le'Veon Bell not here. And then it starts getting weird, right? Like, oh, week one's now. We're 13 days away. We're six days away. We're, it's game week. Then coaches freak out. It's like, just give them the extra money. That, to me, is his curveball. Because I, even if it's not what numbers were kind of thinking, hoping, I hope, because I think he deserves it because he's one of the baddest motherfuckers I've ever seen play football. I mean, I, I – I truly believe that in my 25 years of watching football hard. Like, he's a special, special player. I think he could probably, even if the number's not going to get that crazy because they, they're buying out a year, if the number's 35, I think that extra pressure of just getting to, like, late August, September, no, yeah, late August, so close to sept, early September, could gain him an extra 10. Get, for, get 45 like, million? But just, like, get him in here. Like, you're, you're going to be a Super Bowl favorite. Is, is that where Kyle's banging on, banging on Prague's door like Prague? And Prague's going, Kyle, yeah, trust I think, me, I think it, we're paying him $15 million more than anyone else has ever paid a guy. How many go-rats are you going to throw into the Levine Toilet Lolo? Right, that's what Kyle, that's practice, what Kyle would argue. And, and Prague would be like, practice. look, man, he'll, he'll, he'll be here. Like, just, let's just play that he'll be here. But, but, but the difference is, and this is why people thought like Khalil and Aaron won't sit out, because they were high picks and their game checks were big. George's game check's not that big. So it's not like he's a $10 million player where the game check, what, what's he make? He's a fifth-round pick, you know, eight fifty. So you do the math. It's not that much money. Like a game check to him. Now, he would – this is very difficult, and this is where – I'll go player empowerment here. This is where teams can take advantage of high-character, good teammates. He ain't going to miss games. He ain't going to miss training camp. And they're kind of right because I bet if George was sitting here right now, I said, would you miss training camp? He'd look at me like I have three heads. Like, I ain't missing training camp. Not missing football. I like to play football, and it's and, and I would it's, I would I, I I do understand where Richard and these guys are arguing with them. 
it's just an unfair fight. It really is an unfair fight. The advantages the owners have over the players, even their best players, guy, they're at a huge disadvantage. Like the NBA, just talking it out, is a different world than mm-hmm. this. Like they would, they would laugh at some of this stuff. They'd be like, what did he do? What? Huh? This guy thinks he's Tell me this, John. Here? Here's the other part of the NBA difference. I don't know what the number is right now, and we've talked about George Kittle. Is it the, he is tier one face of the 49ers. He's right up there with Jimmy. He is a – I would put him on the top tier in terms of non-quarterback, just NFL faces of the league right now, right? Would you agree with that, or is that too – Wouldn't you imagine like a kid in Florida that's 10 years old likes him? How much – I don't – what – by just – times right by like x how many times how, how much more is he worth as an nfl star excuse me an nba star like w- the endorsement money he would make if he was this level star in the nba would oh, I, blow I what whatever he's making out of the water right now so that's the other part of the, an nba's players leverage is their endorsement money for the most part is so much bigger like i got to imagine damian lillard's endorsement money is bigger than jj watts oh not even close you see the numbers on, like, Russ and Harden and not even, like, the Stephs and LeBrons. KD, would they make on their shoe deals? What would Kittle, what would Nike and Adidas, if, his, if, if Kittle was an NBA player and his shoe deal was up? He, he's guy, I think he's one of the most popular players. You can even factor in quarterbacks in the See, NFL. the NBA he's is the very, best of both worlds because you're way more market. You just can wait, make more endorsement money than a baseball player but you've got more guaranteed dollars than a football player. So you're not getting as much guaranteed as some of the Major League Baseball guys, although they're getting there. And baseball's, yeah, going, the other, baseball's going the other way, too. Like, they want to pay guys I think basketball, less. I, I think basketball's coming back to earth. But so is baseball. Well, for some yeah. of the guys, not all the guys. The, the elite elite guys will be making more. But anyway, so, yeah, I, it's a tough spot for George. I'd, we'd both pay him in a heartbeat, but... Part of that is because we know it's what's right. And you don't sign what's right. You sign what you have to sign if you're an NFL team. And, Guy, if you're a superstar player and you come on this podcast, we'll go to the That's mat right, for you. Now, the problem is we also had Prague on the podcast. Go to the mat for Prague. So this is... But it's not his, but it's not his money. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> All right, let's get to some headlines, Middlecoff. For all of you kids of the 90s, you're laying on the living room floor getting waiting for mom to make dinner. That's what this music makes me think of. The nightly news starts. Who do you see? Nobody. Just stretching. Oh. All right. Uh, where should we begin with headlines, John? I mean, do we have to begin with Jerry Judy? You lead the charge. <laughs> oh, you don't want the first take on Jerry Judy? All right, let's take a listen no, to uh, Jerry Judy. Not my lot in land. So my last name, Judy. People sometimes call me short for a Jew, like one Jew. So I just got a Jewish star. So, yeah, I'm not Jewish, though. <laughs> so he's wearing a Star of David outside of his hoodie, outside of his sweatshirt at the Combine. Were you there? Were you around for this, or you just saw it on social like I did? I saw it on social. I, I, I mean, I was probably sitting over here. He might have. Maybe I walked by when he was talking about it, but I heard the audio on social media and just – Absolute laughter, enjoy. Maybe you sent it to me first. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, how I sent I first it to you, saw but, it, but so I, I laughed. My, I did laugh when I saw it. I saw Jeff Schwartz was like taking shots at anybody who is Jewish that would be offended by it. Anybody that's outraged and so you don't want because some guy was like, I wouldn't want him on my team. Giants fan, and uh, <laughs> and so I watched it. It's fun. Like I can appreciate the humor in it, and you know me, I always 
claim this. I refuse to be offended. So I'm not. I'm not saying I'm offended in any way, but I am. I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. I don't love it as much as I feel like I should because it is just straight up hilarious. But it's also, I don't know. I don't love it, and I've, I've been thinking about it for all day because I knew we talk about it. I'm not quite sure how to feel about it. I don't hate it. I'm not outraged. I'm not angry. I'm not offended. But, and I'm not even like, I know some people were like, well, his nickname shouldn't be Jew. Well, it's like, no, his name is Jew. So I, Judy. So I got no issue with that. I don't think, I don't think people are calling him Jew in like the way people used to say it in high school that like, oh, you got Jude. Like, I don't know if people say it anymore, but I haven't heard it in a long time. I used to hear it all the time in high school. Yeah. It probably doesn't get talked about Um, Which is, uh, that's clearly derogatory. I don't think that's how people are talking to him. Now, I would say, you know, there are some things, like if my last name's Cross, do I just wear a cross? It's like, oh, no, it's just my name. Kind of weird. Um, so I don't hate it, and I do. Was it, was it gold-plated or anything? Like, I don't think so. Did you see I don't, it? I don't, he hasn't made his money yet, John. I do, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, well, John, it's, it out John it's massive. Like, it's huge. Okay. So <laughs> I, I, like, I, what I'd say is Jerry... If you're willing to convert, then I'll give you the biggest gold star, David. You don't even have to convert. Just play for our teams. Like, if we could get you in the Olympics on something, that'd be great. We could choose an athlete like you. Um, maybe wear a yarmulke. I don't know. So, I, yeah, whatever. I wouldn't be like, Jerry, take it off. I don't care enough. It's not that big of a deal. But I don't – I mean, I, it's, I'm torn because it's hilarious. Like, that clip is really funny. And, I, and I the whole ima- thing is I funny, but I'm, I'm, there's some part of it that's a, I'm a little weirded out by just a small part of it. My guess is, I don't know who his agent is, but he's Jerry freaking Judy, so he probably has one of the big time guys. The today said, Jerry, moving forward, like the agent might be Jewish, you know, who knows? Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> but it does, in fact, I mean, you guys would take him for a heartbeat on all your teams. Yeah. Oh, you know? right. And it's, so, he seems good natured. Like I don't, he doesn't mean anything. Yeah, about I, it. I would imagine some people are going to recommend him not doing that. It's just not a great idea, even if he is completely naive to the fact that he just put two and two together. I, I don't know. My first reaction, again, just seeing it on the internet, was kind of funny because the way he explained it was just made a lot of sense. Like, right, he just put two and two together. Like, his name's his name. It could easily go to that. He did it. He liked the way it looks because it is a cool looking thing. I, here's the other thing, guy. There is a chance. I don't know where he's from. I would guess Florida. Uh, I, I would guess the majority of first-rounders in the NFL usually come from nothing. He might not even, can't even comprehend. He's at Alabama, the most sheltered program in the history of America. <laughs> like, they don't even know. If you ask, like, I bet everyone at Alabama, they wouldn't even know who like, the president is. They live in a different world at Alabama. I'm talking Alabama. I don't even know if he even knows what he's saying, honestly. Well, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, look, when you call it a Jewish star, not a star David, I think that's probably pretty common, right? Like, I, I would bet if we just walked up to the street and said, quick, what's this? To a person, they'd be like, uh, Jewish star, right? Actually, I was watching something the other day. Oh, it was the All-Star game. And Alyssa, who's not Jewish, was like, why do they have uh, stars of David all over the court? I'm like, well, it's just a five-pointed star. She's like, no, I know, but it looks like the star of David. I was like, yeah, oh, that's a good point. We'll claim it. Um, but... Yeah, somebody might. I think you're probably right about what you just said. I think the question is always this is how I always feel with people. And I, this actually will lead us to Tony Grossi. Is it Grossi? Yeah. So Tony Grossi gets suspended because on a live stream of the Cleveland Browns 
or their radio show. They call it like it's like Cleveland Nine Live in the Land or whatever it's, they call it. And by the way, yeah. every producer, the producer on that clip is just like classic producer. Like he, producers always know how it's going to play, and they will throw their host under the bus nine times out of ten for a little funny clip. Because you can see him react like, uh oh. And then the other guy's like, man, he, you should. Is that thing going right now? So Tony yeah. Grossi calls Baker Mayfield a fucking midget. I'm going to guess, John, yeah. there's going to be, maybe it's our children, I don't know, a point in time where no one even said, you don't say that word anymore like I just did. I said it because that was a direct quote, but he apologized. He got suspended. They said his, comp- his uh, company was like, you know, that's a, it's a derogatory slur towards little people. We don't use that anymore. Now, you know, you've worked in the NFL. Like, I bet every NFL gym, you, nine different people have used that talking about Baker Mayfield. It's a it's a, to me, it's not even just football. It's a sports word right. where heights matter in sports. But I, but I, but I think that's going to change. I, even Tony Gro- I thought Tony Grossi's statement was really good. I don't have it in front of me. But he basically said, you know, um, it, it was not, I did not mean anything bad by it, but I obviously was ignorant when I used it. It's kind of what the, the spirit of what he said. I'll find it here. Because he's not wrong, big or small. I, I, thought, I thought the way he... Um, uh, sorry, bear with me. He said, um, I apologize for using a word that's a derogatory slur. There's no excuse for using it in any context. It was said with it was said without malice, but also without thought. I thought that was perfectly good, said. It was yeah. said without malice, but also without thought. So once you once something's called to your attention, once you're educated on something, now you have a decision to make. You know, I, to me, the Jerry Judy thing is not in the same category as that. But when someone says, Hey Jerry, whatever I don't even want to say some people could be offended by it because I'm not. I don't even know who's offended by it. I'm sure some people are. I don't want to dic- whether or not people are offended should not dictate every decision you make. You know, like I don't like that operation. But hey, just here, here's here's the whole no, deal. No real business operation. I think like it's just that, like, though. hey, Jerry, here's what this means to. Let's just here's what this means to people. Think about it, and just, whatever you want to do. Like if you want to wear it and explain why, fine. If you don't, fine. I don't care. I thought Tony handled it well. But, like, I think that word specifically, the one that I quoted Tony, I probably, in 10 years, probably wouldn't even quote Tony. Yeah, I think you're a little farther away. Maybe. But, I I agree, just, but the point that is, way. that's where we're going. Like, there are gay slurs yeah, no, that, for, if you went to high school in 2003 like we did, got thrown around left and right without, even, without anybody thinking twice. And then it's like, okay, here's how that makes people feel. Think twice. I'll give you an think example. Think twice. Now that you've had time to think, uh, now we're in an era where you've had time to think, you don't. No one says like, "Hey, man, just an FYI." No one says that anymore with a gay slur. It's like, no. I think we've all pretty well established. We've had twenty years. Don't do it. I'll give you an example today. Pretty famous guy, not a coach or anything, but media member, dropped a "That's gay." Yeah. And I, my first over something I had done, and again in a joking manner, like we would in high school. And my first reaction was like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "This guy, this guy have to be careful." The live mic was ever on. This would be big time problem and it hit me because like you said it can't even you'll we'll never be able to explain to our unborn children one day that word won't even exist i mean it will i guess but never in the in the vernacular or the context that it was said like when we were well it'll never be accident like you'll only hear it in a descriptive term like oh yeah i'm gay or you'll hear it as a it'll you you won't there won't be any like gray area like was that a was that a slur or not it'll be like yeah it was or no it wasn't yeah it's wild, when but you but to me, like, like when now, you heard somebody, exactly. now like, you immediately judge that person. Like, are you living under a rock? Yes, right. Well, that's that's what I thought. It crossed my mind. See, that's where I don't like. 
the thing with Grossi, he just hates Baker Mayfield. Remember, this year was the year they got into it when Baker was like, Tony, and they kind of had the thing, and Baker stormed off. That was one of the issues. It was Grossi. And he's, like, always in the quarterbacks and the coaches. Like, he's their guy that's always anti. He's anti-Baker. I think he probably doesn't think he's any good. And I think a big knock on Baker, I mean, again, he is viewed as one, he's one of the shortest quarterbacks in the league. For example, like one of the knocks on Kyler, and that, how often do you think in draft rooms the word midget, when it came to Kyler last year evaluating him, can this guy be a franchise quarterback, was thrown around? It was GMs, their scouts, the coaches. Yeah. Countless times? Yes. So it's just like, I'm with you. Where we're headed, I think it's more the guy just. Yeah, hates there's no the question. But he didn't get, because I was like, well, why did he get suspended? Did he get suspended because they don't want to offend the Browns? Did he get suspended because he used an F bomb? Did he get what? And so the explanation was no, it's because he used a word that little people hate and they view as a slur. I'm like, you know what? That's a reason that is reasonable for them to go, this has been used as a slur, we don't like it. Please don't use it. I'm like, okay. Like I don't to me that's not in the category. That's not cancer cult. That's not cancel culture. That's just okay, that's yeah. reasonable. That's re- and, and I so thought I Tony's dropped- immediate apology was reasonable. I guess you wouldn't say he has midget hands. You'd just say he has really small hands, like Joe Burrow, right? Because Joe Burrow has small yeah, hands. Yeah, nine inches. You, if you tweeted that today, in the, Tony, in the same day that Tony Grossi got suspended, people would be like, you know, didn't you learn the lesson, Middlecoff? That's what people would say. Let's call my boss, Middlecoff. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> uh, Joe Burrow, handsome. But, but here, here's yeah. the, he, he had a good tweet. Do you have the tweet in front of you? Uh, no. His tweet was basically being sarcastic about the whole situation. And it was funny, and it played well on Twitter, and it got, if you pull it up, I would imagine 50,000 retweets. Like, it has to, the numbers on the likes and retweets have to be enormous. Considering retirement after I was informed the football will be slipping out of my tiny hands, please keep me in your thoughts. What was your guess on the reply give me replies retweets and likes uh reply i don't know the ratio it probably more retweets so i'd go 40,000 retweets 100,000 likes very close 38,000 retweets 320,000 likes do you think i'm a sicko that i can kind of ballpark it just looking at so many tweets over I the last five years? i don't think you are i think this should be idea. a game we play i mean you were off on the I likes should. but the retweets well, you nailed it because he, do you, do you know where he probably got? He got the 150,000 LSU diehard LSU fans on Twitter. Then I would imagine a lot of other SEC fans just found it funny because it was funny. It just give hell that yeah, a it's like. funny. You don't want to re, you don't retweet if you're a Mississippi State fan because you're like that ain't my guy. But you like you can I, listen. He's a good player. I do think it matters though, guy, because the team that he's going to go to where, where where it doesn't matter for Goff is Goff plays in LA. He played a cow, but the one game I'll never forget for Jared when he went to Oregon, I think his sophomore year, and it was pouring rain. He couldn't hold on the ball. And, like, it's does, do we think of Jared Goff as some big cold weather quarterback? Do you trust? Like, I think you and me like Jared Goff more than probably the casual person. You think? But I would, yeah, okay. I, I mean, not talking, I think NFL people like him. I just think if you ask the casual fan, they'd be like, ah, oh, he's not that yeah. good. I think that's the, that's the answer you'd get. Now, granted, it's a little, but again, I, I think that would be 100% the answer. Yeah, he's just a guy. Like, no, he's better than just a guy. Is he great? No, but he's better than just a guy. If I told you next year for the Rams to get into the playoffs, the way their schedule worked out, because they play the – Doug Peterson was telling me they play the NFC West next year. I was like, that's a pretty good division, Doug. He was like, well, we get Seattle and – I think Seattle – yeah, Seattle and L.A. come to Philly. 
He's like, hopefully, depending on how we can get a schedule, the Niner Arizona game, we get them back to back, and we just stay on the West mm-hmm. Coast. But think, let's say the LA game is mid December, the way the schedule breaks. Rams Eagles Sunday night, last Sunday night game of the year, and it's going to be a wet one in Philly. Would you feel good about Jared Goff in that situation? Just the playing in the in the wall in the wet and cold, right? With the hands, I don't. And the hands factor in. In Cincinnati, I was talking to a dude from the Browns. I went on their team website. I was very positive. You went on the Browns. The so I go to clevelandbrowns.com. I'll find Middlecoff. I don't know if they have me up yet, but, yeah, it's about Joe Can't Woods wait. and just Baker, and it's very positive. It's just, I was left, I'm like, God, this, that's fake Middlecoff. But I said, the one thing about your division is it gets cold, right? All four of your teams outdoors. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Once it gets, what, by mid-December, they're all freezing. And on any given game, and the way the NFL schedules now with division games, you're playing outside. There's no, like, well, we got the Dome team. No, it doesn't work that way in that division. That, to me, is the true, true tough guy division. Because the AFC, or excuse me, the NFC North, the Lions and the Vikings play indoors. They basically said, the Lions and the Vikings, it's too fucking cold. We, and remember, the Cam Chancellor's hand froze. Like, we can't do it. They had to wave the white flag because it was too cold. Cincinnati did not. Cleveland did not, Baltimore did not, and Pittsburgh did not. So I I don't think it's nothing. Now, I like the tweet. I think I actually did like the tweet, <laughs> and I thought it was funny. It is funny. All right. But, but do, you, do you agree that it is not nothing given where he's probably going to go? Um, now here's the, the one thing I would say is— I'm not saying it's everything, but it's he not did grow up in, He did grow up in that area. Like, Jared was a, is a career—is a, career, a lifetime Northern California kid— Burrow is did grow up playing high school football in the state of Ohio. He grew up. He went to Ohio State, right? True. So I would say maybe there's a little difference there. Um, I, it's not. I, I think the thing to me that seems you tell me if I'm wrong important about hand size is NFL. They do the hand size measurements because it matters, and they do measurements on almost everything. Um, but penis? <laughs> yeah, that's why I said almost. Well, if, if they if you let them, they probably would. Honestly, but. And they would they correlate it to like uh, IQ somehow, uh, but they, they were like, "Well, did like you see his? Did you see his? Did size? you see his forty? Yeah, it was a little slow, but keep in mind, huge dick, it slows him down." <laughs> so, um, like it seems to me, it matters, but it's not like we talk about hand size every year. Like on an NFL checklist, it's in the top ten. It's not in the top ten for what teams think of quarterbacks, right? I mean, we John start thinking about it. No athleticism. No, no, brain. But it, but no. But it, but it just, it, it just becomes a polarizing. Yeah, that's topic. what I'm saying, though. But it's not like there aren't knockdown dragouts in scouting meetings over hand size. Well, because guys going to check out winner. That's what I'm uh, saying. Size, like it's a thing, but it's not as much of yeah. a thing as we make it because we You're just right. talk about not, it. Not a top ten deal. Not All right, I got two 10. more headlines for you. Here they are. One, Mason Saunders, John, Madison Bumgarner's rodeo. Alias. Did you read the article? There is no chance in hell I would allow him to continue this if I were the Arizona Diamondbacks. But it's an incredible story. Good for, I like, I love this story. To me, it just shows you, I think it sums up Bumgarner. It couldn't sum up any more perfect, right? Like, what's Mark Mulder's now a scratcher, Tony Romo. Those guys, if you ask them what their hobby was in the peak of their career, it was golf. Like, they liked to golf. They got families, they golfed, and they did their sport. Like Bumgarner, it's pretty clear. Like, he's a simple guy. 
his fucking hobbies are not normal hobbies. Like, how did he, what did he do? Dislocated his shoulder? Because he was riding, like, a seven-speed motorcycle through the Rockies. Like, that, to me, that's not, like, a normal thing to do. Maybe you, like, go to four-wheelers on a four-wheeler track. Like, you, people have done stuff like that. Hell, I've done stuff like Or jet skis at a lake. Bumgarner seeks out these activities that are just, I mean, at any moment he could die. How about the photo? Like, Johnny takes the photo with the guy. They won $26,000 in a roping contest. And how happy he was. Like, again, like, if you ask Tony Romo, like, he's like, listen, I got to play Augusta once. I shot 85. Worst round I'd played all year, but I got to play Augusta. Like, you just, the look on Miles Saunders' face, or Mason Saunders, his happiness with that little guy he's standing next to in the photo was just pure joy. With the chewing. Like, I, I just don't, yeah, I just, those are his people, guy. Also, those are, it helped. Also, that, is, that he has a name that his wife calls him in public. <laughs> like, Mason is the name she calls him in public. Well, isn't part of the article they ask him, they go, well, the Diamondbacks going to allow you yeah. to do this? And he's like, you got to ask yeah. Mark or whoever, Mike or whoever the Diamondbacks right. And then they reach out to him for comment. He's like, we don't comment. It's like, guys, we're not asking him like about some contract kicker here. We're just asking you about, like, are you guys cool with him doing this? Now, maybe it's one of those situations that they're 100% not. They don't even want to make a comment. They just tell him, because you're right, under $85 million, you are never allowed to do this again. Yeah, you're not riding a horse, just walking. He's riding bulls, right? Is that what no? It was, I think he's, he's doing roping. He's not like eight. So he's cap- not eight seconds on the back of. Uh, but but he's doing the roping pepper. where they haul ass on the on the horse and chase the That's little right. calf. That's right? right. They're still moving. pretty oh, yeah. quick. You fall off. That could be a broken yeah. shoulder really quick. Yeah. <laughs> what what would I? Uh, I'll give you an example. What would I have to pay you? To get on that horse, even if you don't have to hold the rope up, just to chase the calf. Oh God, do I get to like me today? I don't get to practice. It'd be a lot because I'd be no. I could die. Yeah, I like, could get would, killed. Would you do I have zero. Would you, would you do it for fifty fifty thousand? Man, I think about it, but I'd have zero horse riding experience. But maybe after you'd regret like that wasn't. Worth yeah, it, you, how right? fast do you get fifty thousand dollars in hospital bills? I might not do it. Well, the horse is going what? Probably twenty five miles. Land an hour. on you? I mean, it ain't going throw slow. you without landing on you. I mean, you get the fifth. More than likely, it's not. More than likely, it's not. John, the land ambulance ride is twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, so I. I and there I will be an like ambulance 75. ride. Because <laughs> the horse is pretty high. Broken rib. That's how long am I out of a podcasting biz? Because I got a broken rib, punctured lung. Would Would you be shocked if they don't put an X? I'd be to that pretty. Guy. I'd be like, what do you get? How are you not putting an X? A. How did he pull that off on the Giants? Uh, other headline, John. Yeah, it's a great question. Mason Saunders. You know, the picture. How did no one found out? I'm sure on the <laughs> on the roping websites, people have been talking about this on the message boards forever. Like, oh, is Mason you know going to be there? Yeah, Mason's riding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I bet they loved and Bumgarner did. People go in there and got Twitter accounts or anything. It's just very. It's just a great hobby. Not a lot of live stream. People care about. I'm here yeah, at the. Uh, just get to be I'm here at the roping. There's Mason Saunders. Not a lot of that going on. It's fucking Madison Bumgarner. It's incredible. Mason Saunders. Nine people in the crowd. Like, <laughs> He's approaching like game seven, 2014. John, the heiress to the Hot Pocket Empire was put in jail for, sentenced to five months in jail. She, um, she, you know, 300,000 bucks is what she spent to help her daughters cheat into USC. Fake volleyball recruit. Was that, was that uh, Uncle Becky? Uh, no, this is Michelle Janvis, the Hot Pocket heiress. Here's my question for you. 
Her father, I think, started Hot Pockets, sold the company to Nestle in 2002 for $2.6 billion. Did they sell too early? Oh, two. No. Probably the height. No. What do you think of the business decision? No, I'll I'll let you finish. I don't want to interrupt. I've got a theory, but. I I would say the last decade, that value would have gone dramatically down, right? Calories, the way we talk about food. Maybe he could have stretched out a couple years, but as Cuban once said, pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. Two point two billion. Two point six billion. I was going to six billion. I was going to ask you, what was your favorite hot pocket? Uh, the because I'm torn thinking was there, about did, it. I got was there one that had that pepperoni and sausage in it? Yeah, yeah that was that a pizza was the one, one I liked. There was a meatball one, which was pretty phenomenal, and I just think the the fastball of hot pockets to me was just ham and cheese. It was hard to go. Yeah, I, the pizza was yeah. one. What was your third? The meatball. It was just, I'd probably go the pizza yeah. one, too. When, it, when, when you microwaved it just perfectly where there was crisp, you got to let it, you know, it gets really hot, can burn your mouth right away. But when you could eat it, it was incredible. I guess that's, I don't know, some of the steakhouses here in Indianapolis, you could argue when that Hot Pocket hits right, it's as good as any food. Known hot, pocket or, hot, well hot Pocket or Pizza Pocket? What was your preference? Uh... Pizza Pocket was like the little ones that were they you know, look like you could flick football size. You mean p- pizza bagels? No, the the little pocket ones that were like they were mini. Not bagel not, bites. Oh, maybe no, not bagel bites. The sm- bagel bites pretty good too. <laughs> Am I mis- uh, maybe I, I'm I calling them by the wrong name? I, I just don't know anyone in our age range that was in high school, no, pizza college, pocket, yeah. junior high, in that like kind of sweet spot, late nineties, early two thousands. Do you think you know one person, a guy? That is your age that didn't have a hot pocket in their life. <laughs> no, probably seriously, no, probably not. Because it, it uh, you had to guess every socioeconomic, everybody had pizza pockets. No matter, and then you, rich, poor yeah, it didn't well, matter. And college. Uh, so I agree with you on the initial take, though. Two point six billion. If he had waited, too, he could have waited too long with the health industry, health food industry changing the way it did. Absolute. Uh, Would they even be in business now? I don't. I mean, they, they still are be. in business. Just, you know, you're still making quite a bit amount of money but they wouldn't sniff a billion dollars right now do you agree there uh, i you know i don't know i because I, I think there's like they still sell them in every like the corner store selling them in yeah, the freezer you're right like, you're right there are they are cheap you know the the middle cost gets smaller john and the amount of people that want hot pockets gets bigger well the, the rich people ain't buying them so may, i would they love used to, to have the entire market i'd love to see what the uh, i might have one in value is all right on that note later peace after the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.